Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to episode number eight. Before we get into this week's episode, at the time of recording this, this show was teeteringly close to 300 downloads and it's been listened to in four different countries. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot to me. I have big plans for this show, but like I tell all my business coaching clients all the time, it's really important to celebrate the milestones and celebrate the small wins along the way because that is what gives us the energy to keep going. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I truly mean it. This week, I am talking to Philippa Mania, who has gone from nurse to intuitive healer. She describes herself as a guide to finding the form of healing that our body needs, which personally is something I find fascinating. Through this conversation, Philippa shares her journey to creating her business and talks openly about her fears and worries of building something that some might see as a bit woo-woo. Now, far, far from woo-woo, Philippa is a passionate and determined businesswoman who has found her way of doing business, her flow, and her success is testament to this journey. Now, we were again challenged by rural internet connections in this recording, so please, please bear with us, hear past the minor blips and underwater robot sounds and focus on the story because that is where the true gold lies. So thank you so much, Philippa, for joining us again. You're clearly really, really passionate about what you're doing right now. Just fill us in a little bit for those that don't know. You know what, what is an intuitive healer? Like what, how did you get to be doing that? Tell us a bit more. Okay. So for a start, an intuitive healer is um, somebody that intuitively, like from their inner knowing, Um, guides you on that journey for you to be able to find the healing within yourself because as much as we go to a doctor or an alternative medicine person the real healing comes with inside of us okay so I'm like an inspiration I'm like your little guide you know you go off to a, a holiday and you hire a guide to take you on a journey somewhere and they point out the potholes they point out the really easy ways of doing things so that's basically what I do um when you come to me I'm like okay so this feels like that would be something that wouldn't work for you but maybe this would work for you so it sort of all came about because I wanted to do all of the things okay I wanted to do everything (laughs) (laughs) so I I wanted to do it all I wanted to have my fingers in every single pie all the time and then in 2020, I realized that I could, because it's the new way of doing business, I could create an umbrella term of an intuitive healer to be that person that can put their fingers in every pie. Um, So yeah, that's basically what an intuitive healer is. And what I do is I have a session with you and I inspire you to heal on a soul level, on a mind level and a physical level as well. So who are your typical clients here? What, 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 um, cause I'm going to be very honest. I'd never heard of an intuitive healer before. Like what, what would make me, um, need to come to and see you? So it's usually when you've reached a roadblock 
in your life that you have been going to the doctor, for example, and you've got this chronic, for me, it was chronic sinus problem. And I literally couldn't find a way around it. I mean, I was on antibiotics for five years and nothing was fixing it. So those are the sort of, you know, that's the sort of people. And it's like, it's the same as with your mental health. When we find ourselves in a place where we seem to be spinning in circles Mm. and then also, when you're feeling a little bit lost within who you are, that's when I step in and go, okay, so you're so, I'm going to say the word, you're so conditioned to believe that we only heal a certain way, that mm-hmm. we have to do it. We, we're so, we're such on a mainstream way of healing that we go to a doctor, we believe what they say, we go to a psychologist, we believe what they say, we read a spiritual book and we believe what they say. So for me is to sort of dig into how you truly feel deep down, what would actually be the emotional connection that connects all of those three things together to heal it on all three levels. Because usually our physical symptoms is actually a result of an emotional trauma Mm. or issue that we have in our life. And the same goes for mental health. Mental health is actually a trauma that we've had in our childhood in past lives, in those sorts of things that we can heal. And a lot of it is actually because we suppress the way that we need to heal. We keep it all inside. Mm -hmm. And we believe, we really truly believe that anybody who has more knowledge than us knows how to heal us. But really the only person who knows how to heal us is us. So I try and find that, that sort of pushing the society boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm a firm believer that there is so much about our bodies and our minds that we, we don't know. Um, and you know, that was really highlighted to me and last year, we found out that, um, our eldest son has got a spinal condition. He's been going to, um, chiropractor for well, probably a year or so now. And, um, she, she was having to readjust his, his um, pelvis all the time. Anyway, sent for x-rays, sent for MRIs, ended up at a um, pediatric neurosurgeon. And, um, she was basically saying, so this condition that he had, they were trying to rule out a serious sort of medical reason for it sort of thing. And, and that wasn't there, thank goodness. And I said, well, what, what causes this like, you know, buildup of spinal fluid then like what causes these little cysts of fluid? And she, and she said to me, this is a pediatric neurosurgeon. She said to me, there is really so much that we don't know. And we don't understand. He was probably born like it. Um, That's as much as I can say. And I was just like, wow, (laughs) you know, not, not in any way disrespecting her, dissing her being negative about her in any way, but that really highlighted to me. There's so much that we don't know. And If we accept that there's so much that we don't know, you know, there's so many other avenues, like you say, isn't it, that we're probably not even attuned to thinking about as to how we can heal our bodies and how we can work more effectively within our bodies. Definitely. And I think that it's because we have so much faith in our Western medicine because that's where we've been brought up and that's our social conditioning. And then if we take a step back from it, it's a little bit scary because we want to be living a safe little bubble in the world. And I think that when we start stepping outside those boundaries, life gets a little bit tricky and it gets a bit hard. And I think that when we really start listening to our bodies, it's actually got all the answers. So 
sometimes one person can say one thing on the internet and you're like, oh, that's then. Then you follow that little road. But if you're missing those signs because you're so conditioned to believe, like there is a very big generation that would think what I'm doing is hocus pocus Mm. because it's not the way that they were brought up. A doctor healed you and that was it. And I think we also get very, very caught up in this mindset that I've always been this way. There's not going to be any way to heal this. Yeah. I was born like this. So it's really, it's, it's all intertwined of how to push those boundaries because our mind is the most powerful thing. If we think that we are warm, we are warm. And so if we can think that we're going to heal and look at it as a lesson as well, like what, what part of this is my body reacting to in the way I'm living as well like you look at allergies it's telling us there's something not right so any area I like to call it dis-ease that is calling us to look inside to tell us to stop what we're doing it's our it's our stop signs it's our road that we're of journey it's our stop sign saying to us stop pushing stop thriving you know stop doing those things and sometimes when we've been pushing ourselves so hard our body collapses. Yeah. So, you know, when you go um, work to work every single day and you're pushing and you're pushing and your body makes you sick, you all of a sudden you have the flu and you have to take a whole week off. Most of us go to the doctor, get the antibiotics and push through for the next three months. But we don't listen to that sign saying there's something there, something to do that. So I think that intuitive healing is for everybody. For anybody that feels like they're stuck on the roundabout and they're not really sure because there's so much information on the internet, where should they go? So for me, I listen to the people I can hear and I'm very empathic. So I don't know if you know what an empathic empath is. I can really feel into how people are feeling. And a lot of the time, because I've done so much healing, I was brought into this world to do and push every single boundary, try every single thing because I think that's what's brought me here. <laughs> and <laughs> that's it. the same with <laughs> everything let's try everything let's do as much as we possibly can and then last year it was like oh I get it this is why I have done had to heal so many things and I'm still healing because then I get to do this beautiful thing of being able to help others to say I tried this does that feel good for you and it doesn't let's try this one because there's so many modalities of holistic healing out there that would not suit you because you're you're this way and you know there's so many different things and that's my job is to push you in that right direction and then the next session you can go no it didn't work for me and I'll go okay there's another option let's go a bit deeper it's not from there so that's basically what I do it's fascinating (laughs) so that's in that story you you said about um I think you said it was a sinus sinus it's for yourself it was repeatedly going to the doctors um I guess and and trying to work out what was going on so this has obviously been a personal journey for you as well yeah so I think that for me uh really push the boundaries of trying new things because I think when you're brought up with a little bit of a hippie mother that is there like the natural healing way is already sort of very deep and you know as you get older you're like I know better yeah but for me it was just like well I'm just going to try it and if it doesn't work then I'm going to you know I'll just go back but it's you've got to get to that point where you've just had enough you've got to find that moment within yourself that you just I'm going to I hope you know I just you just can't be bothered 
going down back there because they're just going to tell you the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And you've got you've got to be so the one that most of my favorite quote is you've got to be broken to let the light in. And mm. that's that point. I'm I like to get to the point where I'm that sick and I'm like, all right, I'm listening. So tell me, like, how do you go from having that personal experience? to turning it into a business because that's that's two quite big things isn't it it's sort of having that realization yourself personally discovering what you discovered healing how you discovered but then deciding to turn that into a business that that's quite a big step again isn't it so how did that come about so it all started really eight years ago when I first had my first baby and I wanted to be at home and I also had the experience with the postnatal depression. I didn't want to go back on to the antidepressants because we actually have, like I had so many side effects, but it inspired me to find a way that I could naturally heal. I think it's one of those random things that you found on the internet and saying that you could actually take a natural thing for it. And then I discovered I could sell it as well. So the MLM gave me that freedom because I had, which a lot of women do, so much guilt about being at home and not earning any money. Yeah. So I grew that. I guess the MLM, I think I was still in the early stages of like just waiting for that magic thing to happen. So the MLM business was the starting point. It was home. I could create a business from home. And I think that maybe I'd been doing it for maybe 12 months or so. And that's when I was introduced to Carmen with the essential oils, which is like another essentially um, an MLM as well. Fell in love with the essential oils because it gave me an even cleaner, deeper clean, like a healing that I needed. And it actually healed a lot of my physical things as well as my emotional stuff as well. So it's been this journey of like, okay, so I want to make money out of something that I love. And I began to come across women in business that were so inspiring, that were not doing things how the normal things were done in business. And this is how it all sort of, and I was like, okay, I'm going to find, I'm going to find my purpose and I'm going to find what I want to do so I was like okay so I want to do aromatherapy let's do that because it seems to be like a really good thing to do and I love learning like you give me a course and I'll do it I'm a serial course taker (laughs) I and I constantly I just constantly want to grow and constantly learn all the time I hear you I (laughs) hear you I have so many different qualifications for everything (laughs) it's ridiculous but I love it and I think that because the more educated we are in business, the more we can serve others, the more we can inspire other women to step outside of that masculine business way of doing life. Mm. That trap of being stuck in the nine to five because I have to, because I'm a grown up. And that is what big thing. And then when 2020 came, I was so lucky to find this beautiful woman, which I would highly recommend her book, um, Soul Modes. And she does business like a woman. And I know that seems very <laughs> feminist, but it, 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 women do business differently to men. We are mm-hmm. so cyclic. 
and we have our ebbs and flows and we're very emotional based. And I think that we don't have that element in our business. It doesn't go in our service either. So last year she introduced me, I was like, oh, I can, I can create a spiritual business. I'm not scared anymore because <laughs> I was really scared of what people would say that I'm in a spiritual business because that's why I think I've been trying so hard to make something masculine out of what I wanted to do in business. I wanted to make sure I had a proper business model and I wanted to have a physical place of business as well. That's a really big trap that women get caught up in is that we need to be physically present in a building and pay rent and then we're a business, then we're real. I think right. that's, a, I think that's that. a really, really good point you make there. And, you know, it's something me, myself, in being a service-based business, we can kind of almost, I don't want to say talk ourselves out of the fact that we're in business, but to some extent, I guess that is what I'm saying. You know, it, it can I can sometimes feel, even myself, like I'm just playing at this or are people looking at me thinking I'm just playing at this? Um yeah, I can see you nodding on the screen. So, <laughs> yeah. I think that it's because we measure ourselves up to a male business role model, not a feminine role model. So that and a business model. If you go on the internet and you put in business structure, you're going to find that you need a business plan. I thought, oh my goodness, this tripped me up. I thought I could not start a business or even name my business anything without a plan. And I was like, that's it. I'm not doing business. It's too hard. Yeah. So we, and then we get all these structures that must have a this, this, and this. And I just go, I, I, I don't want to do that. It feels icky it just, and it feels hard. And then we talk ourselves out of it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'm not cut out for this not, after all. Yeah. And I think that we do, we've got to sort of step away from the, Women are our competition as well. Like in business, our best friends are women because they can inspire us in ways that are just the most beautiful things. Because last year, it, I got to witness so many beautiful women thriving in their business because of COVID. They picked up, they went and they sat in their offices with babies on their boobs and created lives that they had been pushing aside because they had to go out to work mm. when daycare wasn't available they were like I want to make an income and all of a sudden 99% of us went screw you society we can make this world work without that masculine way of being and you know what our business has thrived because we're cyclic and we did it when we were in the right mood and we were right time and sometimes it was when the moon was right you know, all of those beautiful little things and we did it despite the kids. Mm. Like all of us were homeschooling and we still showed up. We found this beautiful flow of a women's business model is nothing nothing like the masculine. We need yeah. the masculine things in our business. There are certain masculine things like I very find accounting very masculine because I don't like it very much, but I do it. <laughs> but we need those that we need that part of us and because women are so balanced we have a beautiful feminine side and we have a beautiful masculine side with this lady um, Carly Marie's talking about with soul mode 
we do have these four beautiful modes that we can go through this cycle through every day, every couple of days, and we can allocate our life. So we do the showing up online in sparkle mode, which is we're all loving and connected. And then we go into super mode and super mode's like the to-do lists and let's do all of the stuff. So all of a sudden, when we find this flow within ourselves, we can do the showing up, we can do the business stuff, tick all the boxes and get creative. And then we also have been allowing ourselves to rest. So mm. we've rejuvenated ourselves, which has created this creativeness in these, all these women because we're slowly, we're resting. We're honouring our body and we're not as sick because we've said, eh, you know what, I don't feel like showing up today. The kids are driving me mad. We're just going to have the day off in the sunshine. And that has been the best thing for anybody's business, especially women's business. I think that, yes, <laughs> that is such an important thing, isn't it? And it's it's something that um, I have been learning, I'm still learning to do because I am, I resonated exactly with what you said before. I've been in that place where I've just pushed myself, pushed myself, pushed myself to the point where I make myself sick. And then my body, I literally, I will like vomit like be sick and I'm like okay Claire that's that is my body saying enough is enough today is a day in bed and I don't get myself to that space anymore I can feel um I can feel when that is coming and and I'll still push myself to the brink um but I don't keep pushing anymore so there's probably still a lot of learning and a lot of development I can do but I think like what you've been saying about really just listening to our, our body listening to our flow feeling our energy and sort of building our business around that like we can do that that doesn't make us woo woo that doesn't make us crazy does it and it doesn't make us that it doesn't mean that our business isn't going to be successful either mm. so when we take away the mindset that if we don't if we have this to-do list and if we don't do it this way because this is the way it's been done since business began it doesn't mean you're a failure it just means the business works differently for you. Mm. You don't have to have all of the things. Like I got really caught up in I have to have an email list. I hate email lists. <laughs> I just don't like doing email at all. <laughs> but that's okay. I can still reach my audience via social media and whoever I talk to and word of mouth and all of these other beautiful ways that resonates with me as yeah. well and finding that business that doesn't feel icky you're going to show up yes. you're going to your light is going to shine that little bit brighter because you're not bogged down with all the, the I should be doing yes. I'm not a good businesswoman because I didn't do this <laughs> yeah and I, th I think as uh, particularly as women I'm not going to say it's all a woman if, about women um but I I am going to say particularly as women we compare ourselves a lot don't we there's a lot of comparison and there is so much stuff on social media about this is how you should be doing it this is how you should structure your social media posts this is how you create your um, email list this is how you've got to do your lives this is this this is that and we can get overwhelmed by all these things that we should be doing and before you know it we're off down a track that we never intended to ever walk down Ooh. And yeah. we also pour bucket loads of money into things. This is what I have learned is I've poured bucket loads of things to be, to be the same as everybody else because, you know, I just didn't want that ridicule, the cure that I wasn't doing the things that way. 
And I have tried every single different Facebook strategy you probably could name. And <laughs> the only person that resonated with me was when I actually found that um, with the Carly Marie business stuff, she's got like three things that she does and it's the reach, your messenger and what and leader. So it's about being stumble uponable um, and reaching the people mm. with your organically. Like I have spent literally thousands of dollars on making sure that I had the right Facebook algorithm and write the right words and everything. And here you are creating a hundred thousand followers organically by simply being yourself. And I was just blown away. It it blew my it blew my mind. At first I didn't believe it, but yeah. I have watched the way that I have grown and the lessons that I have learned since then. And even somebody messaged me the other day, which is the most beautiful thing. And she's like, I've been watching you for a while. And I love how your posts are more and more like it's a little door inside your life. Mm. And it inspired her. And I love that something that I'm doing that I am so passionate about, the more and more I let go of the society beliefs of how I should do things in business, the more I'm people are gravitating towards me and going, my God, I'm a super fan. I love you. And you're just like, <laughs> I created that organically. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Like when we when we're courageous enough to speak our own voice, to speak our own truth and not try and be the person, like you say, that society paints a successful business owner as being. Yes. Yeah. And the only person that can measure your success in business is you. And I think that we can't even measure it against the money side of things like my lovely sister. She's all about the cash flow and the forecasts and all this wonderful stuff. And I just don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I, I'm, I really, I love, I like doing it more of a spiritual way. What I'll do is, um, which I've done with your, when we did the ideal day of your life. Yeah. I still do that because I love knowing that I can paint this most beautiful picture of my business for our farm as well. So I was like, I could do this all, you know, okay, we're going to supplement incomes here and we're going to do this. But if I paint this beautiful picture of how our life is going to be and how our businesses can mould and that, you've also, all of a sudden you've got a realistic dream that you know that you're going to wake up and love doing every single day. And it's something, it's a little bit of an inspiration. I love going back and reading the old my ideal lives and I'm like well that was six months ago I better write another one because I've already been in that ideal life for a while so I need to get a little bit braver and push my boundaries a little bit more and say I can be bigger and then you know find ways that you can grow in business and you know ask for help ask another woman to support you to do the podcast, do all of these things. And then we just sort of grow and that's what the, the ideal life is. You know, you write down, I'm going to talk to, in five months, I'm going to be talking to women all around the world about, you know, the way they do spiritual business and things like that. That yeah. inspire us to really grow. It does, doesn't it? And something we spoke about, something I spoke about, I think it's in episode four with um, Dave Clare, just actually came out today on the day that we're recording this episode. He spoke about the concept of act as if. So like I hate, 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 fake it till you make it. 
but act as if blends beautifully with that ideal average day in as much as when we've got this picture of where we will be in six, 12 months time, however far ahead we project, we can then get our minds there and we can be like, right, well, how will I be acting when I'm there? How, what will I be saying? What are the kind of conversations I'll be having? Who will I be having them with? How will I be speaking to myself? How will I be feeling? And we can start to do that right now and it gets us it helps us to visualize it helps us to get there doesn't it it changes your mindset as well because if you do that a lot of the words that we use like the fake it till you make it makes you believe that you're or you're not actually in the right business like I was like it didn't resonate with me but if you act as if you are already there in that life your brain is that clever you know, it, it knows that this is how you want to feel because we've got so much control of how we feel. If you want to feel so much freedom that business can give you, then if instead of going, well, money's going to give me the freedom, hang on a second, that feeling of freedom comes from acting as if you're already free. Mm-hmm. How, would you, how do you, would you structure your life if you had or you acting as if you had that? And it's really funny because I'm actually doing that now and I've done some really scary things like telling work that I have these particular hours that I work till because it doesn't feel good to me. What? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I work between the times that my kid gets on the bus and off the bus because it doesn't feel good because when I'm home at five o'clock, I'm instantly cranky because I have 60 billion things to do before seven o'clock. <laughs> so I'm already Don't we all resonate with that one? <laughs> yeah, so well, I'm already acting as if I've already been, like I'm making my physical work how I would be doing my business work. That's awesome. So that, that what you were just talking about there of working um, between the hours of, um, of the school bus, so you essentially finish work at the time the kids get home off the bus, that sounds to me like that's a boundary you've put in place. You know, I know that that's when I'm most effective to work and I know that at that point I need to stop working and I need to move my energy to something else, to my kids or to the family or to everything else that needs to get done, as you say, before everyone then goes to bed. What other things do you have you discovered that you've had to put in place? What sort of other non-negotiables or boundaries or rules have you had to put in place to help you operate as smoothly as you do? Uh, for me, there's, there's quite a few non-negotiables. It's the time thing. I very, very rarely will do any work at night. That is my time that I switch off. Unless it's a dire emergency, which there never is, because everything can be put next to that. And that is a non-negotiable for me. I don't work at night. And I am never going to do the hours that ever feel like I am stressed out. I have been in nursing and those hours are terrible Mm. and I wasn't a very happy person so anything and I think coming back to the how do you feel today was an is a non-negotiable do I feel like doing this particular task no I don't is it a is it a task that needs to be completed today no it's not Mm. move on I literally just had a whole week off from all of my jobs last week because my child was sick that's a non-negotiable for me I need to be able to drop the ball when I need to drop the ball yeah and the other non-negotiable is delegation 
Mm. There is, that is one huge thing that if you can't delegate in business, then you're going to feel overwhelmed. And delegation comes down to getting help, asking for help, delegate. If you don't, if you're spending 400 hours on building a website, pay somebody to do that. (laughs) And it literally, like if anything is taking you longer than it should, put your billable hours down. I spent so many hours on a website and I was like, I could pay someone $700 and I've just wasted $4,000 worth of, of my time. Hours. Yep. <laughs> of doing so. There's some really non-negotiable things for me. I think that mainly the delegation and the time boundaries are probably the two highest things. And, the, you know, not, not working at night, not overfilling your hours as well. Like that's not negotiable. So many people go, I could do that job in half an hour, but they forget to add in a toilet break, um, a phone call from emergency from the school or something like that, you know, like really having those firm time boundaries and realistic ones. Don't, don't push yourself so that you have to do 40 tasks in a day. Do it so that you've got a list of like three things because that's realistic. You go, yeah. okay, book work. I don't like book work. It takes me more than it should anybody else, but I'm going to put three hours down because then you know what? You get to reward yourself if you finish early. You get to go and sit out in the sun and have a cup of tea because you don't have to do anything else. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, it's, that's one thing that I've had to do myself when because I'm someone who's driven by variety. I've got that shiny thing syndrome. You know, I, I, when I have something to do, I'm like, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. And I, you know, I get distracted very, very easily. So that putting a time on something is a strategy that works really well for me. It's okay, right, sit here for one hour and write this proposal or sit here for one hour and, you know, write this document. It's usually writing when I've got to write documents. That's what I really need to um, find some focus on. But that's it, isn't it? It's blocking out the time focusing and then rewarding ourselves afterwards Mm. we're still children inside we still work on the let's do jobs and then be rewarded because (laughs) we're all that we're that way inclined because we want to feel pleasure out of the things that don't make us feel that good either so we've just got to find a way that works for us that will actually make us feel like business is fun because we do if we don't delegate we end up with all the jobs and all the things and then we hate on everybody and then we hate our business too. Exactly. So then we, we start resenting, it. don't we? Mm. It's a yeah. really big thing. It eats us away inside. Totally. I found that <laughs> that's been so many things of just saying no. That's another thing. Say no. Say no more often. Like I was talking to somebody and I was just like, why are you saying yes? Because I have to. I was like, no, you don't. There's no obligations in life. Just say no. Like, if it doesn't feel good, say no. Like, it sounds like from how from how you talk, you it sounds like you found this beautiful place, this beautiful um, state of flow. But I'm going to assume, and you might tell me otherwise, but I'm going to assume this. There's still the ups and downs. It's not all dandy all the time, is it? No, (laughs) no. So I think for me, the my thing is that. I don't want anyone to laugh at me for what I'm doing. So I still look for a lot of, well, I'm learning this one to stop looking for the external validation of that my business is thriving. 
And also because my partner is extraordinarily masculine, which is fabulous. You go out to work and you do, you earn money. That's the way life is. And I was just like, well, I'm going to push your boundaries here, buddy. (laughs) But (laughs) just because I could. (laughs) So what I did was I just, because he would be, he would be the person, not the children, but he would be the person that I wouldn't speak to about my business or the, you know, for him, for some reason, because he's always been so supportive, no matter what I've done, he's like, sure, go ahead, dance in the dandelions, whatever you want. But I still had this fear that he was measuring me against other women that were out there working five days a week and earning millions of dollars, you know, like, because I was working like that before I had the baby. So uh, for me to be brave and be honest with him, some days I just get really mad at him and he doesn't even know why. And it's just like, because I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to think it's airy-fairy. Yes. And you think after a long time, we know that it's not. But So for me, what I did to overcome that, which has made our life a lot more settled, and the time boundaries, that made a huge difference because when I overstep the time boundaries, life gets messy and life gets very, everyone gets a little bit tense and angsty. <laughs> yep. But also what I did for him was I took a job outside of the home within my time boundaries that was bringing in good money that satisfied his need. Mm. So I compromised. I compromised that I would find a job that satisfied his need that I would then create this beautiful space for me to grow in as well Mm. to do that and because I am healing and learning and growing every day is not not an easy day because (laughs) some days I'm just like you guys just need to be inside my head because I can't verbalize how I'm doing stuff right now (laughs) 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 or I've got a really brilliant idea and I don't have my phone with me and we're out bloody wood carting <laughs> and they want to talk. I'm like, shh. <laughs> stop oh my God. The, absolutely brilliant. The, the amount <laughs> of the, we, we have had this, um, I'm going to call it discussion. Um, my husband and I, so many times, he's like, sometimes you're here, but you're not here. He's like, you're so in your head. I'm like, yes, because I exactly like what you've just said. I've just, I've had this idea and I've got to play it out in my head. And I, I need to learn, I guess, to maybe compartmentalize, to maybe lock it away and, and, and come back to it perhaps, because I can see that I do glaze over conversation. And then, you know, him or one of the boys will say, I remember I told you. And I'm like, did you? What? He goes, yeah, we had the whole conversation about it. I'm like, oh, did we? (laughs) Because I was busy planning the next thing up here in my head. (laughs) I think like for me, I was learning to have faith that my ideas weren't going to run away from me as well. Because I think that's like, it's a big scarcity thing that you think that if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen because, you know, women with children in life and all of those other things, we're like, we've got to do it right now because who knows what's going to happen in the next moment. But I realised that I come home and I'm a journal girl, so my phone's full of list ideas and I'll just jot down a couple of words or I'll write it on my hand or something because that'll trigger that memory. And sometimes it's actually like, that actually is 
that's not an idea for me it's for somebody else <laughs> it doesn't fit actually it was a great idea but maybe I could find someone who'd like that idea does anyone yeah. want my idea <laughs> and I'm being more being more honest with him sharing more of my he know he's always known that I've been a bit woo-woo and hippie the whole time like I remember on one of our first dates I was like I'm going to push you to the edges and see how whether you want to date me or not and I showed up in Ugg boots with um, shorts and what was it? Tights with love hearts on them. And we still went on another date. So oh, keep up. I keep, yeah. Well, it was the green tea too that he drank, maybe being a little thing. <laughs> but it's because he's been my biggest supporter in no matter what business. And he's never asked me to be an equal in our income ever. He's never asked that of me. I've asked that of myself. Mm. And he said, you know, I've always pushed myself and pushed myself to find a business or to find something that can bring income in. But he's always said that you're a mother. You just, you know, you're just perfect the way you are. And wow. learning to have faith that he actually means that, like he's a really lovely, he can have his moments where he's like, God, that's a hard week. I need you to be earning money. But it's because, you know, something unexpected has come up and, you know, when you sort of being one person at home and one at work, you don't really get to build up that spare kitty like you'd like to have in an ideal life anyway. Yeah. So there's only been those few times where he's gone, God, you just need to get a job and I feel really guilty. I don't think he's actually said go and get a job. Actually, thinking about it, he's more like I've, he's said something because he's venting and I feel guilty. And because then they I'm put the meaning to it that he wants me to go get a job, yada, yada. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the guilt has really sort of pushed me forward to keep finding something that feels good because I went away from the whole, I'm just going to do business because it's going to suit my lifestyle. I wanted to find something that would feel good. I started really sort of diving into this. I'm not going to do my life unless it feels good. Mm. I don't want to just don't want to show up at work I've got jobs and you know I've let go I think I let go one of the jobs that I just was such like a this most beautiful release that was actually probably a catalyst for this particular business too because when we want to create something in our life we've got to let something go to create that space Mm -hmm. and that space may be empty for a while but we don't want to fill it with things that don't feel good so I let something go that was really not resonating with me that made me just hate what I was doing mm. as well. And I couldn't, I couldn't compartmentalize it either. It was leaking into my personal life. So I think letting that go really showed me that I can show up and feel good and be the business woman that I want to be without having to fall into that trap of just doing because I'm waking up and I'm alive and I have to do it. I think that's 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 phenomenal. What it what, is it that? No, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You tell me what what is it that keeps you going? Like, what is that that inner drive? That thing like when things are tough, when things are challenging, what keeps that passion alive? Knowing that I can make a difference in the world, that by me showing up, I get to inspire somebody else the way that people have inspired me, the mm. way that women have inspired me. And I am constantly in awe of the women that have come before me and shone that light. That keeps me going because I know 
that even on my darkest days, somebody else is looking for a little bit of light and I get to be that light because somebody else has been there. And we're all walking the similar path, but somebody else is always lighting the path for you. So if something that I've said today might inspire a woman to drop that job that is just holding her back from being passionate about her life, mm. then that's always just even a treated a thought, just in that moment of inspiration that maybe they could do this too. And it's not that hard either. So just having that knowledge and, you know, and kids, like I think women also fall into the trap of using their kids as their why too, you know, like they, my why is my kids, but they're going to grow up and leave home. Mm. So what are you going to do then when they leave home? Who's your why? You've got to be, you have to be your why to inspire, to improve your life, to grow in the business. Because you don't just grow in business, you grow in mindset all of these other things when you get into business. There's all these areas that we grow in. Yes. So I think that's really pushes me forward is knowing that I can make a difference in the world. I think that's I think that's phenomenal. I think and and I, no, I don't think I know that your story, the your what you've spoken about in in this conversation is going to inspire those listening. There's going to be elements that people will just there'll be certain things that people will hear out of what you shared over this last hour or so and be like, wow, okay, now mm. I can, now I, like, that was the missing link. That was the missing thing. That was the, ching, you know, it's all full, full helped me fall mm. into place. And I think um, uh, I just, I love it. Like I love your energy. I love hearing you speak so passionately about what you do. I think it's phenomenal. So thank you so much. Where can people find you? If, if people want to get in touch, want to um, ask questions, find out more about what you do, how can people find you? Well, I'm a big fan of social media because we do actually do a lot on social media. Unfortunately, you can't join my email list because I still can't figure that out. <laughs> but it's Philippa Elizabeth. So it's very easy to find um, Philippa Elizabeth on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's Philippa Elizabeth 82 I'm going to do a workshop called Intuitively You, which is teaching women how to tune into their intuition and learn about that. And that's something that I'm going to bring into real life as well. So I'm hoping to be able to bring some intuitive, Intuitively You workshops so we can teach women how to find the answers within, especially within business and within their life. I love it. I love it. We will post the links to, um, I'm pointing downwards. <laughs> no one can see me. <laughs> I will post all the links to your contact details in the show notes to this episode as well. So that'll make it really easy for people just to click on them and find you. Now, something that I have been doing with all my guests, and I'm springing this one on you, a little, little pop quiz to end on. Are you up for that? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> all right. It's just five short, sharp little questions. They're not too painful. It's all good. <laughs> now you have spoken about a couple of books already, but what are you reading at the moment? Um, I'm actually rereading uh, Jen Shinsero's You Are a Badass at Making Money. Oh, I think that's re um, review number two of that book um, from these conversations that I've been having. Um, it's going to have to be one I check out, I think. Definitely check it out. She is hilarious and makes the work fun, I think. And also she's just so inspiring. She's broke. 
broke ass lady. Love it. (laughs) What about a song? What's your favorite song of all time and why? Amazing Grace. It's Nikki Slade's version, Amazing Grace. And being an empath, I tend to get very caught up in other people's energies. And for some reason, it brings all my self home. It makes me feel at home within my soul. I get in the bath, fill it with oils and Epsom salts, and I put that on. I cry, release all the day. But every time I hear it, my skin tingles. I just love it. Oh, that is so beautiful. Now you're making me want to go have a bath. <laughs> Again, you've, you've alluded, I think, to this through this conversation as well. But what about a quote that's changed your life? Um, I think I'm not sure who said it, but the quote where you have to be broken to let the light in yeah. made me realize that all my brokenness is actually a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And if we've got this constant wall up, this constant facade, then we can't let our light shine out, can we? What about a piece? Here's a more practical one, a, um, an app or a piece of software or a piece of tech that's changed how you do business. Uh, well, it started with uh, Trello, but Asana is another really good one. And for me, I in Trello, I actually have a book that is waiting to be written, all in chapters, all set out. I love having all my post ideas and things there that you can you can schedule your whole life if you want to. And I think that having that those all those ideas in one place is a really it's a, it's amazing to be able to do that sort of thing. So yes, definitely. Fellow or Asana, they're both free. Do them. Absolutely. And I love, I use um, Trello as well. I love it. Computer, phone, it's anywhere. You've got it in your hand all the time. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Leave us with a life hack. You've left us with so much gold. Leave us with a life hack or practical tip that is just going to change someone's day. I am going to tell you the one biggest thing that changed my life, get a cleaner. I am not joking. Get a cleaner. (laughs) Because if you're working from home or you're trying to build a business, you are not going to get distracted by that work because guess what? The cleaner's coming in tomorrow and you can work in a mess. Mate, and you know what? If you think you can't afford a cleaner, do deals with her. Barter your services for her services. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it ties nicely to your delegation thing that you spoke about earlier. <laughs> we don't have to do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. It has been that is such nice. a fun conversation. And that's a wrap for episode number eight. What did you take away from this conversation? I say this every time, but there really was so much gold in this episode. But here are the main standouts for me. First and foremost, I think it's really, really clear that we each need to find our way of doing business. There is no right or wrong. There is no magic formula of what a successful business looks like. It's going to be different for everyone and that's okay. I loved hearing Philippa's honesty as she spoke about her struggles of trying to run a business, how she felt she ought to run it. And it was only when she had the courage to let go of that and let her natural light shine that things really started to flow for her. 
The idea of visualizing success is something that I'm a big advocate of and something that has clearly been a big part of Philippa's journey. Now, she mentioned the ideal day exercise, which was something that I introduced at a business workshop that Philippa was an attendee at a few years ago. And I'm happy to share that exercise with anyone who wants to give it a go for themselves. So just shoot me an email, claire at reignitepc.com.au. The link will be in the show notes as well. If you want a copy of that, just shoot me a message and I will happily send that through to you. Now, when we have a clear vision of what we're aiming for, it allows us to act as if we're already there. And as Philippa so rightly said, this tricks our brain into stepping up a notch. So we'll actually find ways to make things happen quicker. Think about it. You know, this is something that elite athletes use all the time. They picture themselves. They visualize the race. They visualize the event. They see themselves in it. They believe they're there. And in doing that, the the neurology in our brain really starts to step up a notch and kick into gear. And all those neural pathways are going to connect and make things happen and are going to allow us to see things that we might not otherwise have seen. Very, very cool. Now, the final thing that I took from this episode is around the concept of creating space. There is only so much that we can continue to add to our lives or our business before we start to drop balls, before things start to drop. So it's important for us that if we're taking something else on to create the space for that and let something else go so that we're not taking on more that we can handle. I think that's just a really nice timely reminder for so many of us, myself included. Alrighty then, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice and share it with anyone in your network that you think needs to hear it. Now, I have got a little mini goal, a little mini challenge that I've set myself to get this show listened to in as many different countries as we can. So particularly, if you know someone in a different country who you think needs to know about this show, please share it with them and um, encourage them to have a listen. Jump onto our Facebook or Instagram communities. Again, the links will be in the show notes and share with me what you've loved about this episode. And um, yeah, that's it from me. I'll be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.